You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Wonderful. So good to see you in church. Welcome the next person and tell them you're most welcome to church. Please tell them like you mean it. Tell them I'm privileged to be sitting by you. Hallelujah. All right. Okay. So we are continuing with staying above in an unbelieving world. Part two. Staying above in an unbelieving world. Max 16 verse 40. Max 16 verse 40. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. So the unbelief and the hardness of heart go together. The unbelief and the hardness of heart go together. That's what we call the Kai rule. What it means is that they do not believe due to the hardness of their heart. Praise God. So whenever you see unbelief, you will also see hardness of what? The heart. Praise God. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So why did Jesus rebuke them? Jesus saw the state of their hearts that they did not believe that he had risen. And we realized that they were caught up with the negativity of the world. And they were actually gleaning and taking information or drawing information from the world, not from what Jesus had told them. Like I intimated last week, Jesus had told them severally how he was going to die and rise up again. As a matter of fact, Peter was able to say, that you are the son of the living God. And there and then Jesus told them how he was going to die. And Peter said, no, you can't die. You know, and Jesus rebuked him and called him Satan. Get thee behind me. Right? So Jesus had given them every indication that he was going to die and rise up again. But when Jesus rose, they still did not believe. When Mary Magdalene and the rest actually brought evidence that Jesus had risen, they still did not believe. All right. Now, look at these verses. Mark 6, verse 6. He marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around or around about the village's teaching. So Jesus marvels at unbelief. When Jesus sees unbelief in people against him, he marvels. He marvels. <laughs> Mark 9, 24. And straight away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. 
Now, that's a man whose child had been ill for several years. Now, he knew how to connect. And he knows that you can't receive anything from God without believing. And so when he was asked whether he believed, he said, yes, I believe. And in case my belief is not enough, help my own belief. Because he knows it is the only way to receive from God. Are you here? Are you sure you're here? Okay. Romans 3. 3. For what if some did not believe? Watch this one. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? What God gives, which is in his character and nature, he cannot withhold. Never. But you will not receive it because you can't connect. Did you hear that? Did you understand that? Should I say it again? Okay. God's character and nature is good. And like James tells us in James 1.5, he gives without looking for faults. But he also tells us that there is a connector. That connector is belief. The belief is not for God to give. The belief is for you to receive. Praise God. Oh, are you understanding it? So as for God, he has given already everything that pertains to life and godliness to the believer. But the believer can only receive when they have what? They exercise their faith. They believe in him to do what they are asking for. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Okay. So he says, your unbelief doesn't change the character of God. So you see, when you preach the message of, 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 of grace to somebody and they don't believe it, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus died for them. Praise God. Yes, he has already done it. He died for them. He has already forgiven their sins. They are not receiving the forgiveness of what? Sins. Simple. Oh, praise God. Do you know that Jesus died and everyone in this world's sin has been forgiving them? Yes. They only have to receive the good news that Jesus has forgiven them. And then they receive the forgiveness of what? Sins. Praise God. It's like me giving you a check and you're not taking it to the bank. You will not see the cash. If you hold the check and admire it, it's nice. The number is very big. This man is kind though. You don't take it to the bank. Nothing happens. Hello. All right. Give me the next. Romans 4.20. Look at how Abraham received from God. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. So Abraham received from God because he was strong in what? Faith. 1 Timothy 1, 13, Paul speaks of his experience before he got born again and what was really happening to him. Watch this. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it 
ignorantly in unbelief. Paul says, what has stood between me and my salvation all this while? I was blaspheming. I was injurious. I was a persecutor. The reason is that I was living in unbelief. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Now, the gulf between what you have to receive from God and what you have not received is the gulf of unbelief. Oh, are you here with me? Is the gulf of what? Unbelief. Simple. The gap is your unbelief. Hebrews 3, which speaks to what we spoke to in Numbers 13 and Numbers 14. Last week, we're going to go into it again. Hebrews 3, 8 to 9, write them down. It's 12 and then 19. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So he's speaking to the Numbers event, okay? Yes, when the spies were sent and they brought an evil report, okay? When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So you see what he calls unbelief once again? What is it? So hardness of heart is an evil heart. When a man or a woman has a difficult heart, which also means a difficult ear, yes, when they hear the word of God, it does not move them. They are not persuaded. It doesn't find entrance or penetration. He says their hearts are evil. What? Why? Because they slander. They make God's word of no effect. Are you here with me? They see God as little. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. One parts ways with God through unbelief. Oh, are you here with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch. Look at the 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Oh, because of what? So why didn't they go into the promised land? Because of what? Oh, because of what? Unbelief. So this is actually talking about they did not receive salvation. But also as a believer, after you have received salvation, if you still walk in unbelief regarding everything that he has done in his death, burial, resurrection, you can't receive anything. You become a frustrated believer. A believer that lives in mediocrity. A believer that lives underprivileged. Yes. Are you here with me? But unbelief can be cured. Praise God. It can be what? Yeah. So what it means is that if you can cure unbelief, like I said, then there is no disease that cannot be cured. Because unbelief is the only way you cannot receive from God. Eish. Did I make a statement? And did you understand the statement? There is nothing in God which is in Christ Jesus 
that you cannot receive when you believe. Nothing. Nothing. All right. So the numbers example actually is used a lot in scripture. If you look at Jude 4, Jude has only one chapter. So Jude 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, for certain men have crept in steadily, gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Their doom was predicted long ago. Ungodly, impious, profane persons who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing in favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality and disown and deny our sole master and Lord, Jesus Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Now watch this, watch this. Now I want to remind you. Now I want to what? Remind you. Though you were fully informed once for all that though the Lord at one time delivered a people out of the land of Egypt, he subsequently destroyed those of them who did not what? Believe. Who refused to adhere to, trust in, and rely upon him. Are you here with me? He's referring to the numbers event. That the people did not enter into the promised land because they did not what? Believe. They did not what? They did not what? Believe. Wow. They did not believe. Wow. Where are you? What do you believe? As the next person, what do you believe? Oh, please. Ask them. Wait for an answer. Look at 1 Peter 2.8. And a stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. They stumble because they disobey and disbelieve God's word. As those who reject him were destined, appointed to do. He's also referring to the same event. The same event. All right. So the numbers event is a major and is a learning experience for us as New Testament believers. Praise God. All right? And it is something that we should be able to use as doctrine in the light of what Christ has done for us in this journey of salvation. Praise God. All right? And so we must always be sure that we are consistent with God's character because he doesn't condone unbelief and hardness of heart to his word. And wherever you see unbelief or hardness of heart, you must make sure you shame it. You don't condone it. Oh, are you here with me? You don't what? Condone it. Because that is what destroys. That is what takes us away from so much that has been giving us. Okay? So, we must always censor it and immediately confront it head on. Anytime somebody is talking, let your censors be up. And the moment you begin to sense unbelief, confront it. Oh, did you hear what I just said? Listen to me. I can show you tons of scriptures. Anytime Jesus was going to heal and somebody will say anything that is of unbelief, he'll correct it. Before he will continue. He doesn't allow it. He stops it right there. He stops it right there. So censor it in the conversations of people. You know that, that, that statement they make. The voice of the people is the voice of God. It's a lie. It's not scriptural. It's not truth. It's deception. Yeah. Unbelief can be very democratic. And it can always be the popular opinion. Okay? Let's go to scripture. In the beginning... 
Adam and Eve, they were the majority. Were they right or wrong? They were wrong. <laughs> yes. Joseph's brothers, were they the majority? Were they right or wrong? From Egypt to Canaan, we read a story last week. Three million people against two people. Which of the two were wrong? The three million. In the four gospels, what we are reading right now, Max. Mark 16, verse 40, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, and then the rest of the disciples or the apostles who were right. Were they the majority? <laughs> listen, listen, Jerry. If you're going to stay above in an unbelieving world, you must go with God. His word may be in the minority, but it's always right. Do you hear what I just said? It's always right. Unbelief, hardness of heart, fear, worry, anxiety, etc. can be so, so democratic and it can be believed by a majority of people. <laughs> a lie, if said so often, tends to be seen as truth in the eyes of the majority. True or false. The reason why we're finding it very difficult and sometimes those of us who are always going on evangelism, I commend you, I love you so much. The way you are on God's heart, you're also on my heart. God always rejoices over you because of that. And you've got to keep it up. Praise God. Yeah. It's the only thing that God rejoiced over. True? Yeah. Nothing else. Not your wedding day. Yeah. Because once you're wedding, unbelievers were also wedding. That didn't make any difference. Once you're doing housewarming, unbelievers are also doing bigger housewarming. Doesn't, no. But when a soul is worn, God rejoices. Oh, praise God. Yes. Yes, yes, all right? But we find it very difficult. Why? Because lies have been made what? True. Yes. Talking to somebody. Say, oh, the apple that God, uh, the what? Adam ate is what? Is, 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 uh, somebody said it's sex. Yes, you know? And, 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 and we, we hear all sorts of things. Yesterday they came with one. I forgot. But it was so strange. He said, uh-huh. He said, Love your neighbor. Love, love people. But when you love them to a point and they don't respond, forget. <laughs> forget. But, but you know, that's, that's, the, that's the majority, right? That's what the world thinks. Is that not it? Yes. That's what the world thinks. That's what the world thinks. Okay? So Jesus told them, Moses told you, love, your, um, love you, those who love you and then hate your enemies. But Jesus said, I am saying to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. He said to forgive how many times? In a day. But when the world sings, how do they sing? If somebody loves you, then love them back. If they hate you, hate them back. That's the majority's voice. What is he speaking to? He's speaking to your ego. Speaking to your flesh. You see how frustrating it is to hate people? Yes. So the world always teaches you to frustrate yourself. And in your frustration, they have manipulation over you. The word of God liberates you. And it makes you live his intended purpose for you. Are you here with me? So we can see that hardness of heart and unbelief is a slander about God. It defames God. You've, don't forget about the background. You remember the number story, right? You also remember the Mark story, right? Okay. So in this two, 
we see that God always has an expectation of us to believe. Say, I believe. Do you realize that everything that God said to do was not said in private? It was said in public. He used men to speak and he used men to document it. What I'm saying is very key. You've got to listen. Hebrews 1.1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Say publicly. Oh, say publicly. Acts 3.21. Whom the heaven must receive unto the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Second <laughs> Peter 1.20 Knowing this first That no prophecy of the scripture Is of any private interpretation So God Will always speak Publicly to men And so it was no wonder That Mary Magdalene Brought them the news And what the news she brought Was the news that Jesus Had publicly spoken Already about I'm coming to something. When I make promises privately, I can say I didn't make them. I can say I never said that. I can say, oh, it it didn't even happen. But when I speak and I speak publicly and everybody hears it, my authentication is in that. I've got to prove myself. That's why he never leaves himself without a witness. Praise God. So what Mary Magdalene, was doing was to only confirm what Jesus had already spoken. What the prophets had already spoken. What had already been documented. Are you getting the point? 1 Corinthians 15, 4. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day. According to the Old Testament. According to the scriptures. So it has been said long ago. And the scriptures, the prophets had all prophesied that this Jesus will come. This Jesus will die. This Jesus will resurrect. So they were only confirming what had already been said. It was not a new truth. Praise God. So every scripture involves human beings. And when they say it, we either believe it or are persuaded by it. Or we miss out on the blessing that it comes with. Oh, praise God. Are you here with me? Yes. So, (laughs) look at 2 Peter 1, 15 to 19. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease. It's amazing that anytime you hear Peter talking, and he said this severally, when he's passed on, when he's passed on, when he's passed on, So, Peter knew he would die. Oh, hello. You see, these guys knew their promise. They were not extremists. They were not liars. They were not people who were exaggerators and fabricators. When you hear a man of God say, as for me, I will live forever. How can you live forever? And and look at what they actually want preserved, even when they have passed on. To have these things always in remembrance. What are these things? For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. 
when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. He's talking about the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which comes from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount, we have also a more sure word. The word more there is not like addition. Are you getting the point? No, it's a confirmation. It's what? Yes, a confirmation. A more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the dust, day star arise in your hearts. What is he saying? He's saying that everything that was said by the prophets were like lamps in a dark place. They were portions of truth until truth himself came. That's why he says these ones were like light that is about to dawn in the day. But when Jesus came, he was the day star. Oh, praise God. Truth has now come. How do you doubt truth? Peter is saying, may the truth Never leave your heart. Oh, praise God. So that you take another truth, which is a lie. Truth cannot be two. Did you hear what I just said? I said truth cannot be what? Two. It is either a lie. There's nothing like half truth. There's nothing like mind truth. Hey, hello, hello. These days, that's the term you use. And you use, you know why you use it? Just to meander your way through. If it is the truth, you know it is what? The truth. There's nothing like mind truth. And then whose lie? Praise God. So all the prophets were lamps. Jesus is the day star. The day dawn. So everything that was written before now has now been made open to you and I. He appeared to them with an overwhelming, overwhelming, overwhelming evidence and report. Yet they took the report of the well. Look at Matthew 19, verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Oh, hello. Oh, hello. The word, have you not read there, is the word anaginosko. Say anaginosko. Now, why is Jesus referring to this? He was going to talk to them once again about the hardness of what? Heart. Oof. Jesus was talking about divorce. What about divorce? They wanted to test him. And they said, divorce is legitimate. Moses asked us. He said, you are going to feed the feed book. The five, uh, uh, the, 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 the feed book. You have not looked at the first book. Look at the first book. What did the first book say? What did Genesis say? He said, in the beginning, it was not what? You have not read in details. And he said, Moses allowed you because of the hardness of your heart. Because of the what? hardness of your heart. So anywhere you see divorce, there's one who has hardness of heart. True or false? Ah, true or false? 
Why is it difficult for you to say true? I said, wherever you see divorce, there's one that has hardness of what? Heart. Yes. There's one. Or the both of them. I won't allow. I won't. Hardness of heart. There's hardness of heart. So watch this. Detailed study, detailed reading will always stabilize us in the exercise of our faith. When we know what is true and what is the truth, our conviction will override whatever anybody says. Did you hear what I just said? When your conviction is not strong, popular opinion will be the order of the day. The reason why most Christians have been derailed is because they don't study. It's because they don't know the word. They don't know. They don't know. So imagine Jesus didn't know the word. And they said, oh, you, divorce is legitimate. Moses said we should give a bill of divorce. So anytime we want to divorce, we are good to go. He said, ah, in the beginning, now you know be so. It was because of the hardness of your heart. And then he said, have you not what? Read. Have you not studied in detail what was from the beginning? Hardness of heart. Look at how Jesus cured their unbelief. Luke 24, 25 to 27, 46, 44 to 45. When the guys were going on with the negativity and all the negativity, he said, then he said unto them, Oh fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Dullness of mind. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What did he do? He gave them knowledge. Is that correct? He gave them what? Knowledge. What you think is bad news is good news. Praise God. What you are lamenting about and you are thinking so hard. Look at what they did to the man. He was a good man. He was doing that. And look, and you are gossiping all about it. And you are, he, he says, ah, what has rather come for your restoration? You are lambasting. That's what happens to Christians who don't know truth. Things that they can use rather for the advantage are the things that, the same things rather put them down and put them out because they don't know. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. Praise God. Look at the 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. Are you here with me? So had Jesus spoken to them, but did they hear and understand? Okay, watch this. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning what? Me. Concerning me. 45 is my favorite. Everybody, let's read it together. Go. Then he opened he their understanding that they might what? Understand the scriptures. Praise God. He cured their unbelief by opening them to knowledge. Precise, accurate word, knowledge. 
He put the facts bare before them. You cannot have faith in God outside the written word. Write this down. It will cure you. Yesterday, I posted something on, on the church's page. So most of you did not respond to it. But that's fine. Yeah. But I know you saw it. And I know you know it's true. Yeah. The way the natural man naturally, passionately desires for food. And when they don't desire for food, what, what do you call them? They are what? They are not good. Yeah, they are not feeling well. When you lose appetite for food, everybody says you are not feeling well. Is that not true? Oh, is that not true? Yes. As a natural man. When you are not feeling hungry, there's something. Is that not it? There's something wrong. Yes. What about the Christian? What about the spiritual man? If the spiritual man is not hungry for the word, there's something wrong. They are not feeling well. They are sick. The spiritual man eats Jesus because Jesus is the word. Oh, praise God. And they are always hungry for the word. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. As I'm speaking, there are those who are, I mean, they, they can see this is my treasure. They are hungrily eating, taking. There are those who are saying, is it bringing money on my table? They are calculating hours. They can make money. There's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, there's something wrong. 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 Do you know that Jesus came and Jesus never gave anybody money? Did you see Jesus distributing money? Why? He only gave knowledge. When you have knowledge, the rest will come. Oh, are you here with me? When you have understanding, the rest will come. Praise God. Yes. 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 Don't joke with the... Listen to me. If you're going to stay above this unbelieving world, you must know the word. You must know the word. People make horrible statements. So when there was no Bibles... How did men believe? My question for you is, how far can you go? Tell me, how far will you go with this question? So I can also follow your path. Anytime you hear the written word of God, it is God who is talking to you. Did you hear what I'm saying? Did you hear what I'm saying? It is who is talking to you? God. As I'm speaking to you, who is talking to you? God. Unless I'm not speaking the truth of God's word. Unless I'm telling you fairy tales. And that's why Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief. You know, these days we like a lot of drama. I want to hear directly from God. That's where error begins. Do you hear what I just said? I said, that's where, where? That's where, where? Error begins. <laughs> Anybody who says, I want to hear directly from God until I hear directly from God. Well, I want you to know that God has already boxed himself. How did he box himself? He boxed himself in the word. Everything you want to know about God, he has put in his word. If you know his word, you know him. Go and listen to investigating. What's the title? Investigating what? The word, yes. Go and listen to it. God and his word are what? The same one. You don't need to hear anything directly. Whatever you hear directly, it must be a confirmation in the word, the written word. Praise God. Do you hear what I just said? The Holy Spirit will not give you a private interpretation. Yes. He speaks for Christ. Christ is his word. Praise God. There's no difference. The scriptures are sufficient for all times, all seasons, and for all situations. You don't need any other. So after he rebuked them, 
What did he tell them? What did he tell them? Look at 16:15. What did he tell them? Everybody read, go. He said to them, what? So we read 14, right? 15. Go into what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And publish, uh-huh, openly the good news, uh-huh, the gospel, mm-hmm, to every word, creature of what? Oh, praise God. So after he rebuked them for their unbelief, their hardness of heart, he sent them, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Now, please listen to me. Everybody hears her. When you don't preach to them, they will preach to you. <laughs> Every believer who is not preaching the gospel, the world is preaching to you. The one who influences the world is the one who consistently preaches the gospel. They cannot preach the gospel if they have not studied true or false. Oh, it's true or false. So what it means is that, listen, everywhere they are, they are teaching, living the gospel. So the world will not have a place in their ideologies. As a matter of fact, before the person speaks, they have an answer from the word. Are you here with me? Yes. Yeah. Before the person says anything, they know what to say. They know what to say. Watch this. The word good news is the word evangelion. It means good, good message. Good message. Good news. So anytime you say good news, who is the messenger? Who is the messenger? Who? Christ. He came to fulfill it, right? Yes. So he is the messenger of the good news. So anytime you are speaking the good news, you are speaking Christ. What is the message? What he has done. He bears personally his own works. So you and I must proclaim the good news in the loudest of voice. In the what? Loudest of voice. L loud tone. Like a footballer who is in the... Uh, you know how we do it now. Are you that fan for Christ? Oh, praise God. Now, I'll give you something to go home with. In this world, what we announce is what Jesus has done. Not only in evangelism. It goes into everyday Christian living. We must live every day to announce the gospel. So the written word and its basis is for announcement. What's the difference? What's the difference? The world has a lot of bad news. <laughs> we have the good news. Oh, praise God. Anytime you wake up and you are in this world, you will hear what? Bad news. But if you have the good news, you will counter the bad news with the good news. Oh, did you hear what I just said? Now, let me tell you something. When we are evangelizing, you think that you are just doing it for the Lord. It's wonderful. But you are actually doing it for you. The more you share the good news, the more your mind, your heart, and every fabric of your being is actually entrenched in the good news. It's for your own good. You become one with the truth. No lie, no lie, no lie, no lie, no lie, no lie, no lie. So anytime you are in unbelief, know that it is your lack of persuasion regarding the written word. Anytime it's your lack of persuasion is because the word of God is not truth for you. It doesn't move. You slander it. Why are you a Christian? 
Why did you become a Christian? Who can tell me? Why did you become a Christian? How did you become a Christian? Mm -hmm. You heard the good news and you received the good news. So why have you stopped studying the good news, reading the good news, seeing that same good news as your truth? What happened to you? The word, the world polluted you. Go back. Tell the next person, go back. Hello. Yeah. So it is clear. Unbelief produces a pattern of thinking, a pattern of speaking, 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 and a pattern of living. Write it down. Unbelief produces a pattern of thinking, speaking, and living. Why is your friend not a believer? Why? Tell me why. What's the difference between you and your friend? They have not received their good news. Is that not it? That's it. That's it. They rejected it. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. You either receive it or you reject it. And when you receive it, you benefit from it. When you reject it, there's no benefit for you. Hello? <laughs> Listen to me very carefully. Things that are simple can easily look ordinary. Write them down. The world has made sophistication and the spectacular always look like the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If somebody came and they saw me sweating with a very big towel on my shoulder, you know, then they will know that I'm preaching good. You know that? You know that? Yeah. And I'm throwing my legs, giving some karate kicks, doing my face in a certain way. The man is powerful. Drama. <laughs> But I also know that things that are powerful in themselves don't need drama. Their influence speaks for itself. They don't have to exaggerate it. Praise God. I want you to read this. Know that as you labor for the word of God, the benefits are enormous for you. 1 John 5.19 We know positively that we are of God. And the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. Praise God. Did you hear that? The world is negative. That's all he wants to say. But we are different. We are born of God. Okay? We are born of God. We are born of God. We are born of God. Next week, I'll make the distinction between when we think that the whole world is evil. What it means. Yeah. You know, some people say that, oh, when you're driving a car, it's from Mamiwata. So you see the latest car from Mamiwata. We went under the sea. We didn't see any manufacturing company. <laughs> we didn't see one there. <laughs> we didn't see one there. So yes. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. But the point is, the difference is, you are, of, you are born of God. You are what? And he that is born of God overcomes what? Overcomes what? Overcomes what? Overcomes the world. Praise God. Praise God. Overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. First John 4, 4. Little children, you are of God. You belong to him. Say, I am God's property. And have already defeated and overcome them. The agents of Antichrist. Because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he who is in the world. Ah, are you here with me? Say, I am mightier. Say like you mean, I am mightier. I am greater. Watch this. Anybody who knows this, they will take the word of God seriously. Because it is the word in you that reveals how greater you are over the world. You conquer the world with the word. Your disposition of the word 
makes you know how great you are and you can overcome. Listen, I don't know what anybody can say to me to intimidate me in this world. I don't know. I am full of the word. My armory is so full. And I feed it every day, updating it with new knowledge in the word. With new rep every time. So if they, it was a bazooka 414, I upgrade it. By tomorrow morning, I'm ranging in bazooka 415. Going, are you getting the point? Every time. Every time. Because I know the world is negative and they are anti-Christ. Haters of Christ. If they hate Christ, they hate me. When they give me counsel, it may look like sugar, but I know it's not of God. Oh, are you getting the point? Yes. I will take the word. Praise God. First John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God. 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 This is the victory that conquers the world. Even what? Our faith. Our faith in what? In the word. The whole world outside Christ lies in darkness under the rulership of the wicked one. It is not the houses. It is not the cars. I would explain it. First, when we see owls, hey, you know that thing. How many of you, owls, or you, you still see them, eh? when you see them, you still shout. Yes, Sumujang. Amen, yai, amen, yai. Say, they are going, they are going. That's when you start praying. Otherwise, you will sleep. But the moment you hear, then you start. That's what makes you pray. <laughs> Jesus. You're able to, uh, next week, I'll open you up to certain things and then you can understand. What is in you is greater. Nothing can defeat you. Did you hear what I just said? Nothing. nothing. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. Glorious grace. Glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.